the blind stares of a million pairs of eyes looking hard but won't realize that they will never see the pee. <laughs> Yes, sir. It's All Eyes on Cleveland, the podcast. We are back in full effect. I'm your host, Brad Ward. And tonight, we have an absolutely epic guest, one of my all-time favorites, a legend of the Cleveland Sports Talk Airwaves. He called Cavs games for 14 years here in this beloved city. He called Orioles games for eight years. He's called Browns preseason games. He works for ESPN College Football and College Basketball. He is a talented, talented play-by-play analyst and a wonderful show host. Uh, My youth, I listen to him all the time. He is the one and only Michael Ray guy. We'll get him on the show. We'll get all his thoughts about everything going down with the Browns. Uh, the injury bug continues to hit. No pads today. Um, we'll take a look after the interview at what Barry AB, as they call him now, Andrew Barry, can do to supplement this roster. And even though they might not be there now, that doesn't mean they won't be there later. It's a very special edition of All Eyes on Cleveland with Michael Regai. You start getting excited. Oh, yes. All Eyes on Cleveland, the podcast. Mikey on the ones and twos. I'm your host, Brad Ward. You can find all of our shows where all popular podcasts are found, including iTunes, Speaker, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn app, Radio.com, and Google Play. We published at the web page, alleyesoncleveland.com. This is a show where we interview the top personalities in the national and Cleveland sports landscape, discussing the pressing issues that face our Cleveland Browns as they are now five days into camp. Uh, No pads today. Probably maybe has something to do with the injury bug that has hit the uh, Brownies. Um, and, uh, we'll take a quick look at that as, uh, not a fun thing to look at, but it's, uh, pertinent, certainly, as we have Nick Chubb, star running back on concussion protocol. Mac Wilson is now getting a second opinion from Dr. James Andrews, who's the best in the business, 
Um, they may need to wait for the swelling to come down some before they know for sure uh, exactly if he's going to need surgery or not. It would be season-ending surgery. When you hyperextend your knee, the grade 3 hyperextension is the full tear of the ACL, which requires the surgery, which means you're out for the year. Um, so that's what they're waiting to see. Uh, it may not, we may not even know for sure if he's going to need the surgery for a few weeks, uh, depending on how the swelling comes down and what kind of look they get at the injury. And then, you know, best case scenario, I believe, is time frame would be like six to eight weeks, no surgery. Um, but if they have surgery, he'd be done for the season. That's Mac Wilson. And then on top of that, Kevin Johnson hospitalized. Uh, Kevin Johnson, a guy who had been playing great in camp, a guy who unfortunately has been riddled with injuries his entire career, is in the hospital with a lacerated liver. Uh, you know, first three years of his career, injuries were his downfall. Last year, he was the most improved player for the Bills in 2019. He should be the Browns' slot cornerback. Uh, but once again, you're going to see um, MJ Stewart forced into action there at the nickel uh, corner spot. Uh, you've also got some other guys that can compete for that spot as well. In his absence, hopefully that uh, um, Kevin Johnson can get back sooner than later with that lacerated liver. I'm, I have no idea on a timetable for something like that. So, Something to keep an eye on there. Uh, it's a very special interview tonight. Michael Regai, uh, I grew up listening to him call Cavs games, as many of you have. He is fantastic. Uh, bring it strong, young man. He is always say uh, on his show on uh, ESPN um, 850 WKNR, uh, where he hosted for many years with great segments like Bump and Run and... Uh, Remember, he uh, uh, they would always play that clip where he'd say, "Get off my, get off my air, you ignorant ass," or something like that. <clears throat> it was tremendous. He's uh, he's the best and uh, class act and uh, all around and always gracious to come on the show and talk with me. And it's always a dream come true to do so. So tonight here, uh, getting. Uh, some Michael Regai in your lives. Get the State of the Browns with him, how he feels on Stefanski, uh, on Andrew Barry, what they've done with the team, Baker, uh, what what he sees there, what he sees with the defense. Uh, you know, this is a guy that has been doing it for 40 years. He knows his stuff, uh, and it's outstanding. So uh, without any further ado, uh, on All Eyes on Cleveland podcast let's uh get michael ray guys interview uh keyed up mikey ready and uh play it we'll come back i'm going to talk a little bit about some options the browns might have outside of the roster uh and they may not even be available yet but they might be and i'll explain further when we come back but first here he is the one and only michael ray guy and I could not be more excited uh, tonight to bring to uh, the airwaves here at All Eyes on Cleveland uh, one of my 
very favorites of all time, uh, special, special guest. Uh, he um, called uh, Cavaliers games for 14 years. He called Baltimore Orioles games for eight years. He's called preseason Browns games. He is a Cleveland sports talk legend. Um, and he is uh, calling ESPN College Football now. He is the one and only Michael Ray Guy. Michael, how are we? Brad, terrific. Always great to talk to you. And uh, you're very kind with all of uh, the words. Yeah, it's been, uh, I'm into over 40 plus years now, pal. So I am, uh, I'm definitely a veteran. And, uh, but, you know, it's been a, it's been a passion and a labor of love. So I, I thank you very much for the kind words. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my pleasure uh, every time. So we're just glad to have you back. And uh, I know everybody in Cleveland, uh, you know, they, they, uh, you know, we miss uh, hearing you every day and, and uh, getting your uh, opinions. And, and uh, so this is an opportunity to uh, bring that to everybody. And so uh, let's do that. Let's let's kind of take the state of the Browns here tonight. OK, uh, as mm-hmm. training camp is kicked off. Have you watched, Michael, any of the tried to watch any of the training camp live or any of that? Yeah, I have for sure. Uh, I haven't been out there as of yet this week, mm-hmm. but uh, I have definitely. And uh, I've got renewed uh, and invigorated excitement and, and energy about the potential of this football team, Brad. And, you know, I'm always a straight up guy now. I'm not going to say that if uh, if I don't mean it. And I, I do. I see a lot of things that, um, you know, I, I really, really uh, enjoy how uh, General Manager Andrew Barry and coming back has looked to put together this roster because we know that's so important. And, uh, you know, for him to do the things that he got accomplished in free agency and then in the draft, and for me most spe- uh, specifically getting Jack Conklin, uh, that free agent, to uh, be that uh, that tackle on uh, – on uh, Baker Mayfield's strong side, and then the uh, the first round pick of Alabama's Jedrick Wills. I, I right there. I think you know. To me, it's all about. And you and I have talked about this many times on on your show about uh, you know you in the NFL. You have to be formidable uh, on your offensive line, and I probably say the same thing for that defensive front as well. But. Yeah. Uh, I like that Andrew Barry made that a just a, a an, an imperative must have for this football team. And I've been uh, an admirer of Kevin Stefanski as well in his days with the Minnesota Vikings, Brad. And I really like, uh, I think, again, by getting Conklin and Wills and hopefully, you know, Batonio and, and Treader, uh, JC, get back from the injury, are going to be strong. You get that right guard squared away. And uh, I, I think, you know, having a substantial running game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, uh, Brett, I, I think that's going to just uh, be voluminous in how it can change Baker Mayfield's approach uh, to his, uh, his efficiency. Uh, and, and, again, something we talked about last year, Baker's, Baker's got to be more efficient and more accurate with his throwing the football. I mean, 59%, right, Mm-mm. completion percentage last year, that's just not going to cut it. No, nope. We all know that. 
He's got to get up in that is 63, 64, be great, 65% completion percentage. And with that, I'm sure, I don't mind, you know, uh, Baker's going to throw the football in tight windows. We know that. He's going to take chances. That's cool. That's fine. But, uh, you know, you want that touchdown-interception ratio to be back up near 2-1. to one. The 22 TDs, the 21 picks last year, that's not going to cut it. No. So Baker's going to have to be much more efficient and accurate uh, and productive with how he throws the football. But, again, I, I like how Kevin Stefanski's putting this thing together. We know what he did at Minnesota, you know, as you'll see. So I am uh, – I'm all about that. I love the wide zone, and I think this Browns offense could be very well suited to it, Brad. Yeah, that's that's uh, what I was going to ask you about. That's perfect. So I, li- I like the wide zone scheme as well. I think it fits what the personnel that's here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's go back to Andrew Barry real quick. I uh, I was going to ask you, you know, if you were an admirer of his. I thought you would be. Um, and what he has done, uh, you know, Michael, one of the things that I admired the most was, is how many times do we see general managers come in and just like clean house based on, you know, ego alone, right? Sure. Uh, it's yeah. my team. I'm going to get my guys in here. I thought he did an excellent job of taking what Dorsey had established, uh, the good parts of it and adding to it. Um, and, uh, I think that was, uh, really, really strong what he did there. Uh, I was impressed, you know, when was the last time we saw a general manager, you know, rework a couple deals here with Hubbard and Olivier Vernon, a little finesse to him. Um, and then, you know, the handling of the whole Njoku trade request, uh, you know, he's just been impressive all around so far. Now, you know, they're still in that honeymoon phase. No losses mm-hmm. yet. But uh, Barry's been been really impressive. Uh, what do you think of what I said about the roster there with what he did with what Dorsey started? Absolutely. You know, and I think you're on it. And, and to me, and again, going to now, I was not, uh, as you know, I was not a Sashi Brown guy. Right. And Andrew was with him. However, that having been said, I will always, you know, a man deserves to get his shot. And, you know, you cannot just automatically lump him in with whom he worked for. And I think that specifically uh, uh, has to be noted in the National Football League. When guys get opportunities, whether it's as pro personnel guys, assistant general managers, what have you. But I do think that uh, that Brad, Andrew Barry, then after he left here, mm-hmm. and that year he spent in Philadelphia, um, oh, yes. and he said it, right? I, I think that that absolutely uh, made great gains for him mm-hmm. as a as not only a personnel guy but how a roster is supposed to be constructed and it seems to me that uh, again this is a sharp-minded uh, young man and he's taken a lot of the best from uh, you know his personal experiences in the NFL and then I but I do think with Howie Roseman in Philadelphia I really think that that did him did him well and again, he said that, but yeah, no, I got nothing but uh, strong admiration for what he's done so far. 
as yeah. I said, right away with how about you think about getting, you know, Jack Conklin and Austin Hooper in here. Well, both of those are going to, you know, if we go off the belief and I, that, you know, Baker took some steps back last year. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody can question that. No. He took some steps back in his game. And for all, you know, some of the things I've already mentioned. So we'll, we'll just, but, but in getting Jack Conklin, and getting Austin Hooper with the, knowing that Kevin Stefanski's needs, I would say to me, and I got a pretty good feel for it uh, too, Brad, that these might have been the two guys that Kevin Stefanski, you know, highlighted with with uh, Andrew Berry when they were discussing it going into free agency. Hey, yeah, hey, these are two. These are two guys we want. And they went out and boom, boom, got them both. And then the the uh, of course the drafting of uh, of Jedrick Wills, who I think is uh, going to be a a very uh, you know I'm not going to start talking all pro yet again because we we haven't taken a snap. <laughs> but it, you know you know how much I'm um, you know for calling college football all the decades I have. Oh yeah. You know how much I'm a I'm a big uh, Nick Saban guy. Yeah, and I mean, you're going to go start there as a you know as a true freshman, as an 18 year old. And the moment you walk on the campus there in Nick Saban's program, well, I know you could play, and you've got the right idea about what it takes to be an outstanding player at your position. So, uh, I, I love that selection of Wills. As I said, I loved uh, what Andrew Berry did free agency wise, and how he's constructing this roster. So, you know, to me. While uh, again, I wasn't I wasn't real big on the man he initially worked for a couple years ago here in Cleveland. Right now, nothing but aces for me for Andrew Barry. Brad, agreed, agreed, one hundred percent. You're listening to the one and only Michael Ray guy, uh, ESPN College Football uh, TV and Radio play by play talent uh, legend here in Cleveland mm-hmm. Sports Talk. Uh, you're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. Um, Michael, the back to Stefanski a little bit, some things I've noticed, uh, and we talked about this on, on the show in the past, even with me, you and Scott, uh, with Hugh and with Freddie, the eagerness to please like the press, right? And the, their press availability and, the the unprofessionalism of it. Um, yeah. Stefanski yeah. just comes across as the adult in the room he, he doesn't answer anything he doesn't want to answer. You know, he, he's giving those non-answer answers that you hear head coaches give all over the league, but it's necessary, right? It's that's mm-hmm. necessary to be a professional um, head coach in the NFL. And I've just been nothing but impressed with him. Uh, you know, I, I'll be honest. I wanted Josh McDaniels when that was all mm-hmm. happening. And, uh, but Stefanski has really, impressed me and um and and I like obviously the offense that he brings now um transitioning a little bit from that to this weird off season here okay michael uh yeah. where we have no preseason games we have this acclimation ramp up period 14 padded practices today. They didn't have the pads on for whatever reason, uh, maybe because of the, the injury bug that hit here the past couple of days. But um, play calling mm. has been a topic. So Alex Van Pelt, who I like as well, 
uh, was going to sure. audition in the preseason was the initial plan. Uh, there is no preseason. Um, I've had multiple people tell me they think Van Pelt will still call the place. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that Stefanski would do it. Where are you at with gauging that? Do you have an opinion one way or another on who, what you would prefer there? Sure, I do. You wouldn't have me on if I didn't. You know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I got strong opinion. Kevin Stefanski, call the plays this year, my man. That's called plays. Yeah, you've done that. You've done that, and you are a proven entity with that in your career. Uh, that's why I think he's a head coach at such a young age right. because of his ability to craft an offense, first and foremost, philosophically, Brad, but then even more so, hey, what do we always say to? That's one thing, but, uh, you know, pardon the term here, but when the bullets start to fly, meaning yeah. on game day, right? Well, sometimes uh, there will be those that shrink a little bit then, right? Uh, I, not Stefanski. Listen, I, I tell you what, uh, to me, and I've watched closely this, the, you know, the Minnesota Vikings offense the last mm-hmm. couple of years that he's been, uh, you know, turning the wheel of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to look what I mean, the efficiency again, we there's that word again, efficiency to me. Look what he has done in my mind. Not that he was not a good quarterback, but. He's had Kirk Cousins, right, with, you know, you when you, again, you talk about efficiency in the top six or eight quarterbacks in the league yeah, during his time of running that time. offense. And, yep. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that is because of, again, not only Stefanski's philosophy offensively, scheme and how he wants to go about it and putting players in the best position for them to succeed, Brad, which is extremely important. But then to be able to go out and make all the X's and O's work against those defenses on game day. Uh, So, Kevin Stefanski, (laughs) I admire you big time and call your own plays this year. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, It's the best way for this football team in year one. Brad, you know, again, you alluded, no OTAs, no mini camps, everything condensed. Yep. I want that I had this year. I think it cries out for Stefanski to, you know, again, be at the forefront. If things go well and, you know, you make the kind of uh, the results come with yeah, And I obviously he is very, very much a, a big Alex Van Pelt guy. That can come in time. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this has to be. But, but to start this off without any, with no OTAs, no uh, mini camps in the off season, no preseason games, all your work in pads cut down time wise. He's got to call his own plays. And I really hope he does. And that's not anything. I, I like Alex Van Pelt. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be, but, and I, I'm glad that Stefanski went out and brought him here mm-hmm. to, with the quarterbacks and in this offense. But yeah. Stefanski needs to call his plays this year. It won't be a detriment. He's not going to have that look in his face that Freddie Kitchens had last year. Right. When yeah. we were all 
I mean, you know, that, that camera would go down on kitchens on the sideline. Like, oh, my God, what is this series going to be like? Does he even have any idea the best way to go about this particular defense? Yes. You know, in this per- this particular series of downs. And that's why Stefanski's got to do it because he's calm. He's done that before. And, yeah, he's the head coach. But, again, I think already you've got – to me, in the words I'm hearing from from Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and uh, Nick Chubb doesn't talk a lot, but when he does and Kareem Hunt, they mm-hmm. seem to already be big advocates of Stefanski and his system and what it's going to bring for them and this team. So call the plays, head yeah. coach. You call yeah. the plays this year, and I think everyone will be better off for it. Well, I'm glad you said that. That's what I wanted to hear. I, that's how I felt uh, strongly, just because, like you said, he's the guy that's crafting that, that has crafted this offense. He has the you know the putting the mm-hmm. scheme in now for ultimate success, especially early here. Like you said, maybe they can make a change in year two or whatever. But sure, especially sure. early on here. You want the same guy that put it all in and knows it like the back of his hand, getting a feel for it in the game, being able. I mean, so if you watch, you know, the 49ers and Shanahan run very similar offense, right? That's right. Uh, That's right. And and he uh, calls his plays and he's a magician at it because he times it up. You know, he sets up sets up something he schemes open another play with a little wrinkle here or a wrinkle there and yep. and and I just think that that is something that only Stefanski will really have a feel for after you know calling plays for 22 games in Minnesota in this offense something that couldn't Van agree with you more. has no yep. experience couldn't agree with you more that's yeah. right yeah I couldn't agree with you more and again you know you said something about matchups and it's almost like baseball hitter pitcher and basketball, you know, offensive player and that def- defender he's going against. Because I do think, and you brought up Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. I love Shanahan when he was here. Yeah. And, you know, and, and really this guy's sharp and he's going to be big time, which, as you said, he certainly has become. And when you're, you know, when everything is being uh, assessed, and digested. That's the thing, too. I think that's what Shanahan does such a good job. I think most people, maybe other than George Kittle, I don't you know. Do most people, even good football fans, know who the right wide receivers are for the San Francisco 49ers? Not really, yeah. No, Probably not. not. Really. They certainly yeah. aren't household names, you yeah. know. And again, but the the way that he puts himself in advantageous matchup situations, yeah. and Stefanski has done – that's what I said about it. I saw Kirk, things Kirk Cousins doing last year and throws that he made that, you know, again, he didn't have to throw them in tight windows because he had receivers and running backs running free, man, in secondaries with with uh, with how Stefanski uh, had that offense humming. So, um, yeah, again, I'm uh, I'm thinking that's a that's a real good comparison and analogy you made. Because I think Kevin Stefanski 
and Kyle Shanahan are a lot alike. They're ahead mm-hmm. of the curve. They're a little bit, I think they think the game a little bit differently, and they're looking for those matchups that individually they know that are going to make high impact for their football team. So, yeah, um, I like it. I like everything he's done, and uh, I just, <laughs> please continue, Kevin. Please continue. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And I don't worry about, like, the the loss of, you know, grip with, you know, time management or the CEO head coach stuff with him like we did with Freddie or whatever because he's so detail-oriented, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've yeah. heard every step along the way from, from you know, the Zoom meetings and everything. We've got a plan. We've got a plan. You know, he just seems like – like he he thinks of it all, and he's very detail oriented, and, and I I trust him to be able to do both at the same time. Uh, so do I. Yeah. Here, here. Uh, yeah. You know, you're laying it out beautiful. Now, you and I are in lockstep with that. I uh, uh, I think this guy, as we said, just said a moment ago, I think he's got a chance to be one of the brilliant offensive minds. You know, now he needs to continue to do it, yeah. and he needs to continue. Now, if you take this Browns football team and get this offense where it needs to be again, where we thought it was going to be last year. And, again, there's more than just, you know, uh, Baker that was involved in, uh, you know, some of the issues that went on offensively. But, again, if he can get this offense, and and I think the universal belief around the NFL, Brad, correct me if I'm wrong there, is like, Wow, Stefanski, he's walked into something here because the weaponry is there. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you look at the entire, and adding Austin Hooper again with, uh, with you know, I, you can make a case when, when they're right. I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll put uh, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham with the uh, right up there at the top of the wide receiver duos, the one and the two in the National Football League. No um, question. You know, you. Yeah. So, I mean, that, you know, we we know, I think we we all believe that we've got a uh, a budding uh, running back megastar in our midst here with Nick Chubb. Yeah. Uh, Kareem Hunt. I mean, uh, I'm already starting to think about men. Are they going to resign Kareem Hunt? I sure hope they do, because, again, Chubb and Hunt together yeah. um, uh, can be just as dynamic as any duo in the National Football League. So, you know, the pieces are there. Everything's in place, and I'm glad it's Kevin Stefanski that's the guy that's going to mastermind this offense. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, Well-executed plan from Barry to set up Stefanski for success, which hopefully sets up Baker for success. Let's talk a little bit about Baker, Michael. Um, Rough year last year we talked about, you mentioned his completion percentage, which is really – you know, for him, the exact opposite, you know, the inaccuracy we saw last year. I mean, that's what he was lauded for coming out of college is how accurate he was. But we just saw mm-hmm. everything was high and wide and uh, a lack of touch on a lot of things. Um, I felt like his feet were just all over the place at times. We saw him getting that that trend where he was bailing to the right early in the season and they had to keep him in the pocket. I think a lot of that was probably a trust factor. What do you attribute most of his struggling to? I know a lot of that get late, gets laid at Freddie's doorstep, but some of that is on Baker as well. Um, 
where do you come out on on that? How that shakes out for you as far as his second year? I don't think that Freddie Kitchens put him in the best position to accelerate that rookie year, Brad. Yeah. Now that having been said, though, again, I agree with you a million percent. No, this is on Baker, though. Yeah. I mean, again, you you can um, sure. Um, but when you let your when you let your fundamentals slide, which I do, do, I believe he did last year, and I thought I thought Brad he started to press a lot, and I thought at times he played tight, yeah. and uh, I think we saw that. Uh, or, and and you brought up a, a you know a key component was that lack of trust, yeah, in Freddie Kitchens and some of. Uh, the other 10 guys that were on the field with him offensively? Or was it more Baker? Uh, again, because there's no question, fundamentally, uh, just everything from his his footwork to I even think at times his throwing motion. Yeah. And as I said, trying to do too much, it just got him, all of those components, Brad, got him into a complete mess at times. And uh, again, I, I think we know in the National Football League you can you but you know you 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 can't have your quarterback throwing as many picks as he does touchdown passes. No, now that's just not going to work. No. I don't care if his name, you know, I don't care if you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, you know, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. You start throwing you start throwing picks like that, you know, two and three a game. Um, you're not you're not going to win in this league. You're just not. Mm -hmm. So I think it was a culmination of a lot of different things. And uh, yet I, I, it seems like you might know better than I, it seems like Baker used the off season as uh, a self evaluation period. And at least at first blush, Brad, it looks like that he he's taken it very earnestly and realizes, you know, I played like dog doo-doo last year a lot of times. Yeah. It seems like he does and is not putting that on everybody else. And, again, that's not to say Freddie Kitchens did him no favors. None. No favors. Yeah. But, again, you know, I like the fact that Baker, with the self-examination, is taking, you know, you, we, we want our quarterbacks especially. We want, we want every pro athlete, Brad, but your NFL quarterback, he's got to be, number one, he's got to be maybe overly accountable, right? Mm -hmm. Overly accountable when, when things are not going the way you want and, and then have the responsibility to, if necessary, use that accountability as a tool to make others around you rise up and basically say, it's on me. Mm -hmm. Even if it is, even if, even if you really don't believe it's on you, yeah. I believe that the, the best NFL quarterbacks always take that posture, Brad, Yep. that if it's not going, you know, you're not going to see guys uh, throwing other people under the bus or questioning everything the coaching staff does. And again, I'll say for the third time, uh, Freddie Kitchens didn't do Baker any favors last year. Not right. at all. None. Not at all. 
But the bottom line is, is that I'm pleased that it appears that Baker had self-evaluated this and basically said, I'm better than this. Mm -hmm. I'm a better quarterback than this, and I got to do everything I can to get back to what's made me so successful that he got away from in a lot of different realms last year. You know, uh, one of the biggest things I've noticed, right, and it's it's that you didn't notice him notice him this off season, right? So the mm-hmm. bravado, the commercials, the the GQ magazines, and everything that occurred before last year, you know, we didn't hear a word from him really all off season. Um, and I think that was refreshing, and I think that in itself, right there, shows that self awareness you're talking about of. Hey, you know, I wait a second yep. here. You know, I got to take a step back, get back to the fundamentals here. You know, clearly I can do this. It was evident in his comments about, uh, you know, I thought it was going to come easy. He kind of said, right? And mm-hmm. no, it's, yeah. no, it's, it's not going to come easy. Bake. Never. Uh, no. So, well, you're spot on. You know, yeah. you're spot on there. And uh, again, it, it absolutely. Uh, you know, strong presence from you in putting it out there that way because you're spot on. Now, you're a young guy and I'm an old guy, okay? But how <laughs> I was raised in sports, seriously, Brad, uh, how I was raised in sports is uh, let everybody else tell you how good you are. Yeah. yeah. When you're, when you man, when, when you really got it going on and you're really strong and you're really good, you don't need to say a damn word. Right. Everybody else will tell you how good you are and make sure that it's, you know, it's pretty much a known factor, man. This guy can play. This guy is a bad, bad character, man. Meaning, you know, bad in the good sense. Yeah. Um, So, again, there's uh, I'm an old guy. So, you know, every coach I ever had and any that that's the thing. Keep your damn mouth shut. Uh, Let me tell everybody how good you are. Yeah. And and I, you know what? I still that I you know again they may say well that's not the way things are today. Okay, I get that. You know, guys are you know today's athletes going to be um, you know uh, more expressive about themselves, and they are going to you know sing that sweet music that benefits them the most. Mm-hmm. I get it, but I still believe that that Baker did take a look at that, and you know. I don't know. Again, if you're him, after the way you perform, you're the number one overall draft pick. You're a you know a college all American. You had your team in position to win two national championships during your starting quarterbacking days at Oklahoma. You had a terrific first year in the National Football League, and then that last year. Well, mm-hmm. how can you be happy with that? How how could you? If you're the competitor, you're the winner, and you're the the you know, the, the strong of mind athlete that we believe Baker Mayfield is. I mean, because I think he used all of that to his advantage earlier in his career, in high school, in college. Oh, nobody believes in me? I'm going to show you. Fine. But you got to get back to that now. Yep. Okay? So everybody's going to have it. We know. Um, you know, you and I know that, you know, maybe you doing a show, uh, me calling a game. I look at, eh, damn, that didn't that I wasn't as good today as I can be. Yeah. Well, yep. you know, I mean, it's it's no different. 
And at least to me, because after that season ended, Brad, I don't know, I was very, very, I mean, I was like locked in on how is this guy who, as we said, it's great. He's got that bravado. He's brash. But how is he going to handle this? Because, yep. you know, a lot of people ripped him. A yep. lot of people ripped him. And again, not all his fault, but certainly some of it his fault. Well, you leave yourself title. open to that when you, when you bathe. Well, yeah. Way. Yeah. Exactly. And again, you know, there's been a few things. He had some things going on with, with media members here in town. And, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> Baker, you know, you know that, that's just excess negativity. You don't yep. need that. You don't need that. And you will know what? If you feel that somebody's doing you wrong, you got to be bigger than that. You yeah. know, it no kind of comes with the territory. So, uh, Brad, I like everything that I've seen from the young man this year. I do believe he's got, you know, he's a he, he can be a franchise quarterback. You know, he's got a long career left ahead of him, right? No, we saw no that his rookie year. Okay. He slid last year. He didn't play as well as he could have, and he, that certainly showed. And many, But now, how are you going to respond to that? I mean, are you going to blame everybody else, or are you going to pick yourself up, pick yourself up and, and, and get back to what made you so successful to become the type of quarterback you are? And I, I believe Baker's going to do that. And, and, the, and, and the Kevin Stefanski – you know, Kevin Stefanski philosophy of how the offense is going to be run couldn't have happened at a better time for Baker Mayfield. Agreed. Because you hear this uh, this narrative of it's a make or break it year for Baker, and that's something that I really don't – I don't really think is fair, Michael, because if you – I don't around, either. I'm with yeah. you. I know – and we haven't talked about this, but they're not a make or break year for them. No, no. Now, no. again, if things continue like they did last year, it's only going to make it that much more difficult on him. Absolutely. Uh, but again, I, you know, again, I, uh, I don't even want to say it because, you know, the football gods may hear us and say, oh, you know, and make it come <laughs> true. But yeah. if the Browns don't have a winning record and Baker is around the same type of uh, area when you look at numbers he was last year, yeah, that's now that's going to be something. All that's going to do is raise more doubt. But yeah. uh, make or break. No, I don't. It's not at that point yet. No, this is his yeah. third year in the National Football League. You, he's a he. He has every capability to be a franchise quarterback in this league. Yeah, and now he's got to look upon himself as that. And you know, I mean, you he can talk to Rogers, Brady, and uh, Brady and Breeze, if, and you, you know, you don't think there haven't been. Uh, uh, times when they probably all felt like they're on the cliff and ready to fall off. You know yeah. there has been. Yeah, they've so, all taken their lumps. So. Absolutely. Any quarterback, even the best ones that ever played as. So he took a full year of them last year. Now, though, he's got a he's got a fresh beginning. And as we said, you know, we could talk about it for the next couple of hours. He, I think he is in the perfect situation for him. As because you know, I I really never thought Baker was a five seven step drop stay in the pocket guy. Not that he can't make those throws, Brad. Mm, he no, can, yeah. but when you go back and look at the uh, you know, all the Oklahoma games on tape, and yeah. he was he was he was waggling out of the pocket, throwing the football on the run, 
Yeah. Like, do that in the net. You can do that in the National Football League. Kevin Stefanski's shown you you could do that with Kirk Cousins. So, yep. um, again, I just, Baker's going to approach it the right way, and uh, Baker's going to be good this year. Yeah. I, I believe it as, as much as you and I are sitting here talking about it. Baker's going to be good. I do too. I just think uh, that this offense is almost perfect for what where he's at in his career. You know, like you said, Stefanski's going to move the pocket. He's going to you know get him out on some some boots. Uh, everything mm-hmm. that he needs to do there, he's going to. Um, you know, Baker has proven to be his best uh, so far in the play action game. And you know, that's what it's all going to be about with Stefanski. So, uh, you know, I just think uh, it sets up really nicely for a nice bounce back here. And then hopefully many years to come after that, uh, you know, without any uh, uh, years like year two was. Um, Mm -hmm. So Michael, quick, quick question here. This is a a strange one for me and I've asked it to a couple people. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. How weird is it? And what are your thoughts on this? So no preseason games, 14 padded practices, and they're going to take Jedrick Wills, Delpit maybe, uh, depending on, it sounds like Treader's going to be back, but Harris and then whoever else, right? And yeah. those two mainly, Will, Wilson Delpit, and they're going to go out there week one in Baltimore taking their first NFL game without even, I mean, mm-hmm. first live bullets for real against Baltimore week one. I mean, that's that's crazy. That's tough. I mean, how do you do that? How do you prepare these guys for that? I mean, that's I, I don't think you can. Uh, it's not optimum, is it, Brad? No. I mean, no, it is not optimum whatsoever. And yet, I think the only thing that we all have is you could say that every one of the squads in the National Football League are uh, going to be in the same boat. Yeah. Nobody's played a preseason game. No one had OTAs and mini camps. And you're getting these 14 uh, opportunities and pads. As you, is that the number? I think it'll be 14. 14. Uh, yeah. Maybe. And and here we go. Now, um, I do think I know it's the National Football League and these are the greatest football players in the world. But, Brad, I think the first couple of weeks might look a little different to us than we're normally used to seeing. I it wouldn't surprise me at all. So fans urging a lot of you. I I mean, you know, probably for 99 percent of you, it's the Browns. But. You know, whomever your your team is, you know, I don't think you can expect to see that team come, any team coming out and playing at close to one hundred percent capacity with what their uh, their overall performance is going to be as the weeks go on. I, I just don't see how it can happen, and I feel for a lot of guys too individually, Brad, because. There's can you imagine now when you are Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski and player personnel people around the entire league now you're going to have to make decisions without seeing guys play in a preseason game. Yeah, you're gonna and and you, and, the, and and you know very rarely 
any more than that because, again, you just can't risk the injury. You know, we've seen that here in the last couple of days with Nick Chubb first and then Mac Wilson, right? You can't go live, you know, meaning live as in we're going to, we're going to hit live and we're going to do that exactly. You can't do that anymore. It's it's just not going to fly. It's going to cause you, it's going to cause you more negativity than anything else. So, Again, you're going to have guys on the football field, or or and then the other way, they're probably going to be some guys that get cut and get released, and hopefully they'll get opportunities elsewhere, or whomever they may, may be with whatever team they're with. But you know, I do. I always feel for guys that uh, it's tough enough, you know, yeah. uh, to get through uh, summer and into preseason camp. And then you got four opportunities of preseason games, but you're but you're playing kind of selected minutes and snaps. Yeah, it's tough enough anyway. Well, now this year there's going to have to be decisions made, and I'm sure almost every general manager at personnel department in the National Football League is going to come. They're going to have a couple of misses, yep. whether that's guys they kept when maybe they realize he's not ready for this, or maybe it's guys they let go of that get another opportunity somewhere else and uh, thrive. But, again, Brad, for me, I I don't think the overall performance level in the first few weeks of play is going to be what we normally uh, associate it with. Yeah, no, I would totally agree with that. And, I mean, well, hell, Michael, think about the guys. They went from 90 to 80 before yeah. they even – uh, did OTA type pre- days like they were doing that's strength right. and conditioning, and that's it. Coaches weren't even allowed out on the field with them. So, I mean, I don't know if you watch Hard Knocks or anything, but I mean, I the, do. Poor, the poor kid got called in. He hadn't. I mean, he hasn't practiced one day, and he got that's cut. Right. I mean, it he was, wasn't happy was either, was he? No, he was not happy. <laughs> I don't blame not happy. Him. I don't blame you let him. Anthony Lynn know he wasn't happy. No, he wasn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was that was good TV right there. And then Lynn went into uh, Dom uh, Telesco's office, the GM, yeah, and kind of had a laugh about. It. He said, "Ooh, he wasn't happy with me." No, no. <laughs> and yeah. you get it, you know, because as you said, the kid felt like, well, yeah, you know, I uh, I didn't get a snap to show you what I could do, other than yeah. just in drills. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to be. But there again, I feel good about. Uh, you know, Kevin Stefanski, his assistant coaches, and of course, Andrew Barry will have a large say in that. And uh, let's just hope, like I said, it's almost inevitable there's going to be a miss and there's going to be a mistake somewhere. Just you hope you keep it, uh, keep it as minimal as possible on those misses in this kind of situation, Brad. Yeah. Um, Browns are in a, in a weird situation right now with that actually uh michael right now as uh you get an andrew billings opt out um yeah. you get uh they were already you know evidently thought they needed more help on the edge by the evidence of going after jadavian Clowney and then making an offer to vinnie curry who decided mm-hmm. to stay with the eagles so they thought they needed help there, which I don't really necessarily think they do, because uh, I like Adrian Claiborne and and that ad and everything there. But 
Uh, without Billings there, I think that's kind of a big deal because now you're asking another rookie to be the first rotational guy in in Jordan Elliott, who I think can be a really good football mm-hmm. player. But you, me too. I, you, I'd feel better if he was the fourth guy in. Um, and and now you've got Chubb in concussion protocol. Uh, you've got. The cornerback, Kevin Johnson, who actually had probably the best best first few days of camp of anybody. who He's been injury-prone his whole career, had a, had a tremendous season last year for Buffalo. He, he's got a, a lacerated uh, liver um, in the hospital. And then, of course, Mac Wilson, the worst of them all, the guy that I absolutely adore as a football player, uh, feel like he was going to be the up-and-coming captain of this defense. You know, his attitude, his positivity, his athleticism, everything. That loss, I feel, is crucial for a linebacking core that already is very unproven, very youthful. Uh, and without him now, probably potentially – you know, knock on wood, but maybe six to eight weeks, but potentially the entire season. Right. Uh, Andrew Barry's got to go to work right now. I mean, I feel like really depth, depth yeah. wise in the front seven and even in the secondary, you really got to go to work right now. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up the defense um, because it's, uh, this is philosophy now. And as I said, I'm, I'm tremendously impressed with everything Andrew Barry's done. But I know this one thing that, that is him philosophically that, that I don't agree with, and, and I hope it doesn't come up to, uh, as you just kind of laid out, um, come up to really cause the Browns a lot of issues. It's very obvious, I, I think, Brad, that, Andrew Barry is of the belief, and he's been more of, you know, he was a defensive back when he played. Mm-hmm. And he's been more, you know, again, he's more, I guess, would lean toward the defensive side of the football where uh, his strength came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the one thing that's real obvious here, though, that when Andrew, Andrew Barry is all about the defensive line and then the secondary, right? Yeah, yeah. Meaning he's not paying linebackers, is he? Nope. Not nope. going to do it. No, he is not. And he does not believe that linebackers, I, I shouldn't say it doesn't believe that they're of a, you know, a strong necessity. I, that's probably unfair of me to say. But I will stand by, he's not paying linebackers. Right. He's he, He's shown that. That is not where he believes you put your major emphasis on your defense. Mm-hmm. It's on the front four. Or front three, if you're in a three, but you the defensive line, the edge, and that's secondary. And yep. linebackers come in a a definitive last uh, on I would say on the whole football team about uh, position group, Brad. Um, you know, me, Michael, he, he's for not him, alone. I, linebackers. I think he just think I believe he thinks I go get my linebackers, and they're just I get I can get a linebacker that serves the purpose. But I'm not paying them, and and I just hope that doesn't turn out to bite this defensive unit. Me too. Me me too. You know the interesting thing about that though, Michael is in today's NFL, 
he's very much not alone in that in that belief. Um, you no, he's not alone. You're right. And as I say uh, again, I'm not uh, again. I get listen. I get it. You what you said is uh, very very apropos. There's certainly other strong defenders do the same thing. I I'm not of that belief though. I I really yeah. I got to make sure I got I got my thumpers. I yep. got my guys that can, you know, if I need to get after the quarterback and mo- I'm talking about linebacker position now. Yeah. And, and most importantly, now I got to have linebackers that can run and cover. But to me, you got to have all of that. And if, if, you know, so that's the one area that right now I'm, I, I'm very, I'm very curious and in wonderment to see how this is going to play out. And you're right. There are other organizations that certainly do the same thing, but it's seeming like in today's National Football League, Brad, we're getting to the point where of all the position groups, uh, not including special teams, but who knows, maybe some linebackers now seem to be the position group that, you know, um, if you're looking for that huge payday uh, with a lot of organizations, you're not going to get it if you're a linebacker. Right. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely that I don't really feel that way either, and I've kind of been complaining about that room for for some time now, hoping that they would uh, sign this name or that name at, that yeah. uh, has gone off the now since you know gone off of free agency. Uh, there are a couple names still out there. There's a Darren Lee out there. Uh, right. Uh, there's a. Uh, How about Alec Ogletree? Ogletree. What do you think about Ogle, Alec Ogletree in his last yeah. couple of years with the Giants? Yeah, I mean, I like his. I'm not saying he's an all pro. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You know, an all pro wouldn't be out there. But I've always liked Ogletree, and I, I'm kind of hoping that Andrew Barry uh, gives him a call. Yeah, me too. Now they had uh, Michael. They had somebody. They're having somebody in for a workout. Now he is. I don't know if you saw this. Malcolm Smith, uh, he's thirty-one. Yeah, he, Super Bowl MVP with the with the Legion of Boom with Seattle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So yep. Uh, yep. they're going to yep. have him in for a workout. Um, right. See how that goes. At least they're at least they're kicking the tires, right? Uh, well, I hope he does, and I hope he gets. Uh, and again, no, you're not going to at this point in time. No, you're not going to get an all pro. But no. you know uh, whether it's uh, either of the ones that you or I just mentioned. I do think they're those are two guys that can come in, and I let's how about if I fortify fortify the linebacking room, Brad? Absolutely. That's uh, the, the one positional unit on the football team that I'm real skeptical about. And with Mac Wilson going down, and as you said, boy, I tell you, unfortunately, it could very well be for the year. They have got to get some reinforcement there. Yeah, yeah, I think so there. And I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, if you keep your eyes out, of course, this time of year, there's going to be cuts and there's, there's going to be players of value that – Maybe the Browns can take on because they have a little extra cap room, uh, cap casualty cuts that you can add some depth to that defensive line as well. I think, and uh, you know, 
feel a little better if uh, Elliott was the fourth guy in that rotation instead of the third. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I think he's got a shot to, you know, but again, he's a kid. He's a rookie. He's got, you know, coming in out of the out of the Big 12, right? They, they, yeah. They don't yeah. play a lot of D in the Big 12 they anyway. Don't. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, I, I've tried, I'm going to keep an eye on Elliott. I think he's got a chance to uh, be a solid football player as his career goes forward. Definitely. Definitely uh, has uh, uh, flashed a few times and uh, I think has a, a lot of ability there. So I really liked their draft all, all pretty much all the way oh, yeah. through. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. And uh, how do you, I got to ask you real quick, how do you feel about, um, you know, I've seen some things that uh, that impressed me with, with a couple of rookies and they were, uh, you know, some of the, um, the lower, the lower, the, uh, uh, well, I guess what, what round did Harrison Bryant go in? Uh, he, I got it. Was he the, was he the fifth? Fourth. And well, whatever him and then Donovan Peoples Jones, I think both these young men have an opportunity and it seems like what I've seen, they sort of, both of them sort of flashed a little bit and they gave them a few, uh, they gave them a few snaps with the ones with Mayfield and Hunt. Yeah, and uh, and they both seem they flashed. They both caught, they both caught the football well, and uh, I know both of them caught a touchdown pass from Mayfield in drills. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, again, most of my thoughts are centered around defensively with the Browns this year because we know they're, they they got to get better than they were. But uh, I like it when young guys show out early on and they given the opportunity. And this year, as we just said. This year's opportunity is going to be substantially less than ever before. So you almost got to take every time you run a drill, whether it's seven on seven, eleven on eleven, or even you're warming up, you better show that yeah. you're serious about making the football team, right? No question. Harrison Bryant, fourth round pick, and uh, Donovan yeah. Peoples Jones in the sixth round. Donovan Peoples Jones, I I love that pick. Um, I was surprised he was still available. And then Harrison Bryant has been amazing so far in camp. I don't think he's dropped a ball. I mean, he catches everything. Mm -hmm. And and when he does that, and David Njoku uh, went from a malcontent to uh, now he wants to spend the rest of his career here in a matter of seven days. And, And then he's dropping everything on the practice field, throwing his way. Yeah. I, I don't know how long he is for this, you know. I, I know they picked up his fifth-year uh, option, and mm-hmm. uh, I thought that was surprising they did that so early. Uh, certainly he has a ton of potential, but I really, like you said, I really like Harrison Bryant. I mean, he catches everything. He looks smooth running routes. Uh, I think yeah. he can contribute this year. I do. I do too. I'm with you. And I think he's going to get a shot to do just that for yep. a lot of the reasons you just said, because uh, uh, regardless of what uh, young Mr. Njoku has to say, I think he is, uh, well, he should know he's kind of on a, uh, a thin ledge here right now. No and question. meaning you're either going to have to perform young fella, or if not, uh, you know, and uh, two years ago, it was 2018, I called uh, a, a Florida Atlantic game um, and with Harrison Bryant. So I saw him practice, and he really stood out. And, I mean, he's 
Uh, he needs to probably, and he's at about maybe, I'm going to say 10, 15 pounds in the NFL. He's about 245, but he is 6'5". It'd be nice to get him up in that 255, 260 range. I mean, a young kid. He's 22 years old. Donovan Peoples-Jones is 21 years old. Yep. I mean, I, you know, uh, again, now, this year, their numbers may not jump out at you, Brad, because, again, you know, now how many – how many snaps or people, or, or how many you know balls is he going to have come his way when, when you're playing behind Beckham and, and Jarvis Landry? Exactly. Um, you know, yeah. and the same thing now with Austin Hooper here. I doubt Harrison Bryant is uh, going to get an opportunity to catch sixty balls this season. But that, that that doesn't matter. Again, you see, in there they're going to be limited duty when they get on the football field. But watch, I got a feeling both of them are going to. Uh, are going to shine at times and just show you that uh, they got the goods and that they both can play. And they were both very, very sound selections by Andrew Barry. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and as far as people's Jones goes and the balls that he gets, first of all, I think Bryant could be involved. I mean, the way that Stefanski uses tight ends. Yeah, uh, you're right. Gonna get, he's going to get, especially if Najoku doesn't, yeah, especially if Najoku is yeah. a factor. Yeah. Well, then Bryant's the next man up there. No question. No question. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they'll f- keep four of them probably on the roster and, and see how that shakes out. But um, if you look at Peoples-Jones, I mean, that third wide receiver spot is open. So, I mean, because you bring Higgins back, but you're bringing yeah. him back with a new coaching staff. So, you know – the, the bad that happened with Hugh and him and the equity that he built, or pardon me, Freddie and him, and the equity that he built yep. with Hugh over the years is all gone. It's just scratching. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, it, it, I feel like Donovan Peoples-Jones is maybe, you know, he could push him for that three spot. Um, could. He's a superior athlete, uh, yes. Brad. He's he's 6'2", and uh, – and 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 I know the young man because um, that's high school I played at in yeah. Detroit, Detroit, Detroit Cast Tech. Oh no and, way! That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, awesome. we, uh, we got about thirty-five years between us. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's all right. That's cool though. That's awesome. But I know the young man, and I I, I know his uh, I know his family. And oh, cool. um, he's a terrific young man, and he is, I mean, he, you know, he was a five-star coming out of high school. Yeah. I mean, I'd tell you, just, you know, for all the Ohio State fans, I mean, Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer probably uh, him, and at the time it was it was uh, Ryan Day, I mean, as his, uh, one of his offensive coaches. Um, also know the, the head coach at Cast Tech very well, Thomas Wiltshire, and he – of course, you know, man, they wanted DPJ badly at Ohio oh, State. Oh, yeah. Badly. And, uh, of course, he decided to, you know, stay home and and uh, play in Ann Arbor. But, uh, no, he, he he's, a, he's a real good kid. Um, you know, National Honor Society type kid and a tremendous athlete. I mean, uh, he's 6'2", and he's 212 pounds, and he is strong and – uh, I was, you know, because of, uh, like I said, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's one of my home guys. I was, 
he slid in the draft, no question about it. No, I yeah. mean, you know, everybody thought he was going to be third, fourth round. But, uh, you know, he um, probably of his three years at Michigan, this past one, his junior year was his, uh, you know, his, uh, I guess, his least successful for him personally. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I again, he's uh, he's a tremendously skilled athlete. He was uh, he had, you know, the top broad jump of number one of anybody yeah. at the combine. But again, you know, I look at him all that. Athlete, you know, are you a football player? And I think he's a football player. Yeah. And I believe Harrison yeah. Bryan is a football player. And mm-hmm. that's why I just brought here at the end, brought those two guys up because, you uh, you know, regardless of what happens at that, well, the, with with um, you know Austin Hooper, I mean, you got your tight end. He's a young guy as well, right? I mean, I think the Browns got the, but you you know, as you say, you got to have three tight ends, man, in this yeah. in this day and age, and two of them better be uh, able to catch the football real well. So yeah. that's yeah. where I think Harrison Bryant is going to. Now he's going to have to inline block a little bit more. He wasn't asked to do that at Florida Atlantic a lot. Right. Um, but again, because they were throwing a football to him 10, 12 times a game. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I but uh, yeah, I, I think he's the type of young man that that position and Kevin Stefanski's offense, I think is going to be in pretty good hands for the next many years here with the Browns. Yeah, good stuff there by uh, Andrew Barry late in the draft for sure. Yes, um, I think so. A lot of yeah. factors to why, you know, the reasons that. People's Jones fell, I think, go back to Michigan a lot and, uh, you know, what uh, the offense they ran, et cetera, you know, really didn't maximize him. Um, and I think uh, that played a role in that, certainly. But, uh, mm-hmm. and the guys he had thrown in the ball, I think, certainly played a, a you know, a factor yeah. in his, his overall production. Um, which yeah, all that. All that is to. true. Yeah, all that is true. All right. So you are listening to All Eyes on Cleveland with special guest Michael Rega. And we did it again, Michael. We're up to an hour here. All right. So <clears throat> I, I probably only got half my questions done, too, in an hour. So how about that? Uh, no, so that just when, means I probably bloviated too much on you, man. No, <laughs> no. Great stuff. Well, you and I stuff. get talking. You know this. How many we've done this a lot, and I used to really, really uh, always enjoy because I told, um, you know, I told you and uh, your former partner many times, you guys know football. And that's when I, you know, now you know you can sink your teeth into something and and maybe some talks talk about some factors involved and whether it's individuals or team concepts or whatever that, you know, people don't see, uh, you know, each and every day. And you got to think about it a little bit more. But uh, you you always uh, have that on the strong side of things. So uh, that that's a uh, that's a real great attribute for you to have when you're doing a show like yours. Hey, thank you so much, Michael. And, uh, you know. We got to do this again here soon as the... All you got to uh, do is call me, buddy. You know that. Yeah, you know, I, oh, I know. I want to come on so with good. you after a game sometime. Absolutely. <laughs> we, I, w- I would We love can that. really go crazy then. Yes, absolutely. Let, let's do that. Um, and uh, I'll stay in touch. Um, I'm going to send you an All Eyes on Cleveland t-shirt for coming on the I show. I love it. 
Uh, I'll wear it with great pride, my man. There there we go. So I'll get your address and size and everything afterwards. But you're the best, Michael, and uh, awesome job. Uh, This uh, always always a blast. So thank you again, sir. Thank you, Brad. Keep doing all those strong things, as I said. And uh, you're going to have a fun brown season to talk about. All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Michael. Stay well, Brad. Thank you. There it was, a interview with the one and only Michael Regai. He is a legend of Cleveland sports talk. Um, incredibly talented play-by-play man for the Cavs uh, for some um, 14 years, 8 years, calling Orioles games. He's called Browns preseason games. He currently calls... Uh, college football and college basketball for ESPN um, but he's uh, he's the best and um, kind words at the end there that mean a lot certainly uh, so big thanks to Michael as uh, doesn't get much better than that he's, he's fantastic always always So, yeah, we went for uh, a little over an hour um, and hit on a lot. Uh, Reggae with a lot of strong opinions, interesting stuff there as he wants to see Stefanski call plays, which brings us to a poll I put out today uh, on uh, Twitter. Just curious, taking the temperature of uh, the Twitter sphere, um, and uh, to see where everybody was at with this, um, fifty-one. This pretty close here. Uh, question was, who do you want to call place for the Browns? Um, and fifty-one point four percent say Kevin Stefanski. Uh, the other half, forty-eight point six percent. Uh, said Alex Van Pelt. So it's split, pretty much, uh, as far as the fans are concerned. Uh, We went over the reasons why both me and Michael would like to see Stefanski do it, at least in the short term or the first season. Um, I think that that would help him get a feel for the game uh, and really implement his offense uh, in the best way possible, considering Van Pelt's not probably real comfortable with it yet um and a lot of the play calling as we did mention Shanahan in there has to come down to feel um of the game you know little wrinkles that you can put in to uh, scheme somebody open or get the run game going um a lot of that has to do with the play calling and uh so there, there. Uh, we both thought that Stefanski would do well with that, even if just for his first year before passing it on to somebody else. Interesting enough. So uh, I mentioned 
The last thing we're going to talk about tonight here on All Eyes on Cleveland, a show that you can find uh, where all popular podcasts are found and and at our website, pardon me, alleyesoncleveland.com. Um, is this time of year you get a lot of these articles, and you can usually find a few at a time. Um, and it's the best players from each team, or, or sometimes it's just best players in general, biggest names in the NFL who could get cut. So uh, those articles, yeah, the best players from each team that could get cut, best uh, biggest names in the NFL who could get cut. So when you take a look at these, what it does is it kind of gives you a little bit of a predictor of potentially somebody that could be out there with the Browns looking at depth, um, which we know for sure now uh, is going to be a priority with that linebacker room, especially because of Mac's injury. Uh, The Browns actually are going to, and we can confirm, work out 31-year-old Malcolm Smith. Um, He was a Super Bowl MVP for uh, Seattle Um, and uh, the Legion of Boom. Um, So that workout could land a veteran that's much needed in that room. Still, Darren Lee, Michael Kendricks, Alec Ogletree, Wesley Woodyard, and Mark Barron available via free agency. Um, And then there's always the opportunity for a trade. Uh, Sad to hear today, before I go any further, Ron Rivera diagnosed with cancer. So new uh, head coach of the Washington football team uh, is... uh, diagnosed with uh, cancer, um, lymph node cancer, still in the early stages and considered very treatable. So that's the good thing there from uh, Adam Schefter, as he reports. So some interesting news there and, and prayers for uh, Ron, and I uh, hope he gets gets well soon. Um, yeah, so Malcolm Smith is the name that they're bringing in. 31 years old. So let's go to take a look at, and we know who's on the free agent market. We went through all that. Ogletree, Woodyard, Barron, Kendricks, and Darren Lee. uh, Lee being the youngest and probably the fastest guy. Um, The other question is, when it comes to that uh, linebacking room, are you going to look to add, I think you need to look to add just for the sake of uh, depth somewhere you need to add for depth, but um, maybe not at the uh, very, very um, top of the room uh, because there's guys like Jacob Phillips who is fast enough to play like Mac. Um, you just got to see him put it all together. So are how valuable are those reps? And how valuable is that playing time early in the season? Can he turn into a real good starting linebacker for you as a rookie after he takes his lumps 
game speed slows down for him a little? Um, that's a good question and something that should be uh, figured out here uh, in uh, not just uh, um, camp, but in general. So um, at what he can do in the season. So a lot put on him, a lot for him uh, to take on and try to accomplish there. So back to real quickly before we get you out of here, and I hope you enjoyed the interview very much, and it's all eyes on Cleveland. Uh, a quick announcement, show announcement. In not, uh, I, I don't have an exact date, but we're trying to make some, some moves here. We're going to go, believe it or not, to video. Yes, we're going to go to video podcast. Uh, it's exciting. I, I'm very excited uh, to do so, and I think it'll turn out great with the interviews. Um, so working on getting that done, uh, and I think that will be a win for sure for uh, you know listeners of the show, um, definitely. So there's that news for you. Back to this uh, article that I was talking about, and I found two that I kind of combined here, but best players who are going to get cut. So we're looking for a certain kind of player. There's like Jarek McKinnon was named by a lot of teams from uh, San Francisco. They're trying to, you know, uh, save some cap room. Um, Razul Douglas, cornerback at the Eagles. Uh, I don't know if um, if he is worth uh, you know exploring or not as far as defensive back goes. Not a great PFF grade at all. They have QB Josh Rosen mentioned in a lot of these, um, so we'll uh, uh, see what happens with Josh, um, and then. Let's see here. At uh, tight end, at Adam Shaheen and uh, from the Dolphins. Um, looks like he could get cut. Uh, now, here are the important ones and the big ones that you want to pay attention to. So, we know Darren Lee, Michael Kendricks, Al Gogletree, Wesley Woodyard, and Mark Barron, along with uh, Malcolm Smith, uh, are uh, all um, included um, in the list of potential uh, linebackers that could fill Max spot or add with depth there. A couple other names to throw in there of guys that may get cut from their teams, and of course there's going to be more than just these few, but I thought they were worth mentioning. A, uh, Hassan Reddick. Um, he was actually... The 13th overall pick in the 2017 draft. So first rounder, um, he has been playing for the Cardinals. Uh, They had him trying to play like four different positions. Uh, And then they drafted Isaiah Isaiah Simmons. They were using uh, Reddick kind of like a Swiss Army knife. Uh, But, they, you know, Simmons is just better. Simmons is just a better football player, and he can do all those same things. So if he becomes 
a cap casualty, I would have some interest in Hassan Reddick. Um, yeah, definitely. And then the other linebacker that pops up here in a lot of these lists is a Shaquem Griffin. Um, fifth round pick, 2018. Uh, Seattle drafted Jordan Brooks in the first round. Um, this last draft, and uh, there doesn't seem to be any room left for Griffin, potentially, on this team. So, uh, the um, story with him, because of Jordan Brooks being drafted in the first round, is that he probably will get cut. Uh, interestingly enough, he is an amputee uh, to his left hand as a child, has really, really worked to get in the NFL. Uh, he's a good linebacker, quality linebacker, I think, that you could add there for not as much if you wanted to. Um, and then... Uh, the final one that I saw here was LaShawn McCoy running back. Uh, him and McKinnon, two running backs on here. Not really two guys that I thought of getting cut, but uh, they're on the list, and sometimes these lists are right on the money on uh, who may not make the roster, why, whether it be money, etc., etc. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's that. Oh, Last one, defensive tackle Malik Jackson for the Eagles, 31 years old. Um, missed all of 2019 with an injury. Uh, Eagles, um, what's that say? I can't even read my own handwriting, handwriting damn it, Mikey. Um, but, yeah, so he's a cut candidate for the Eagles because of his contract. Uh, he's a big boy. Uh, like I said, I, we want to get somebody in there with Jordan Elliott so that he is not the – the third man in rotation, I, I believe. Uh, so I would look for them to add a big body on the defensive side of the ball, if possible, to put uh, up there and replace Billings. So we're talking about no need to replace Chubb. You've got Hunt. Uh, the defensive side of the ball, um, if you look at uh, what they are missing because of injury, now injury is popping up all over the league. We talked about the soft tissue injuries being a problem. Tyree Hill today with a uh, soft tissue tissue injury, uh, a quad, I believe. Uh, it's happening all over the league. And once again, that's because of this uh, uh, shortened or truncated uh, offseason, uh, not allowing you know players to be fully prepared um, when the time comes. So... Uh, that's, those are the guys that you want to look for. Um, hopefully we get some good news with Mac Wilson on that front. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the Michael Regai interview. He was fantastic as always. Um, and, uh, so the Browns to finish up here today, the Browns had a camp again today. They have an off day tomorrow. Um, uh, which is Friday, and uh, today, no pads. So you get that 14 padded practices number, no pads today, and uh, 
Odell Beckham Jr. looked good. Caught a long pass between two players in double coverage uh, for a touchdown. Um, and uh, Baker hooked up with him a couple other times in some of their drills uh, in 7-on-7s seven seven and 11-on-11. Harrison Bryant continues to be very good, catch everything thrown his direction, making Bryant, uh, pardon me, Njoku look uh, disposable as he's dropping everything left and right. So, uh, big shout out to Harrison Bryant, looking good for a rookie. Uh, Delpit out there participating, um, playing, playing hard. MJ Stewart trying to earn a role on this team. We talked about him. Uh, how he kind of size-wise and speed-wise not really ideal, but great football IQ, great against the run. I like him as a safety prospect, but uh, he's going to be forced into some nickel uh, corner action, I believe. Uh, if if um, we don't get Kevin Jack- Johnson back in time, who has been a star in Kansas Bar, but left with a lacerated uh, liver. As we proceed to give you what you need, it has been another episode of All Eyes on Cleveland. Hope you enjoyed Michael Regai, the best in the biz, uh, as professional, insightful, smart. Uh, as it gets, and uh, his thoughts on the um, Browns were absolutely fantastic. So I hope you enjoyed that in the show tonight. Uh, without uh, keeping you any longer, uh, let's thank Mikey on the ones and twos, spinning it behind the glass, doing his thing. Uh, you have been listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. My name is Brad Ward, and we are. You can't see me, but never overlook me I'm on the paper trail, it ain't no telling where it took me Yeah, and I ain't a killer, but don't push me Now tell me how you love me You know you're at the top and only heaven's right above it We own, it's your money, motherfucker If you ain't running with it, run from it, motherfucker All right, now somebody show some money in this And I don't bust back because I shoot first How do you say was never said Beautiful black woman, I bet that look better red Limping off tour cause I made more off my second leg Bird, bird, bird man, junior, 11th grade Ball on automatic start I can hand it to Drake or do a quarterback draw Wildcat offense, check the paw prints We in the building, it's in apartments uh, now, now come on, be my blood donor Flow so nice, you ain't gotta put a rug on her Do it big and let the small fall under that Damn, where you stumble at? From where they make gumbo at? Can't got the f- be jumping like a jumping jack And well, you know me, I get on this bitch and have a heart attack Hip-hop, I'm the heart of that Nothing short of that President Carter, young money Democrat uh, Now tell me how you love it You know you ain't talking on the Money in this bitch, and I got my bees with me like some honey in this bitch.
Greedy? Huh. All right. <laughs> Greedy. Yes, sir.